Let's play two. Two games, two, a double header. I got a double header of guests for you. How you doing, Rocco Riley here with you on the Rock Stops Here podcast back here in sunny Florida. Still, still, still. Oh my God, when I reflect back to my trips to Canton, Ohio, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame Ronde's party, to New Jersey, hooking up with buddies that I haven't seen in 40 years. And, uh, and of course, covering Jets and Bucks and going to the Giants facility. And even though I've been back a couple of weeks, I still, every time I think of my trips, especially that Jersey one, man, it just brings a big smile to my face. But also very happy, man, for this one. This is, this is, this was really something. It was on the same day that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were going to play their third and final preseason game against the Ravens. I wanted to see what Baker Mayfield was going to do with the ones finally getting a chance. He's getting familiar with the offense. It's NFL. I know it's preseason, but the Rays also had a day game against the New York Yankees, and it was Carl Crawford Day. Carl Crawford, who I covered when he when he started, when he came to the Rays, with Scott Casimir, James Shields, Longo, Evan Longoria, a little bit later. I mean, I mean, I was there from day one. These guys were kids. And now I look up Carl Crawford's 42 years old. BJ Upton, 39 years old. Where's the time gone? It's unbelievable. And when you see him again, and that is what it was like for me going to the try. Say, you know what? It's Carl Crawford's being inducted into the Rays Hall of Fame. Man, I haven't seen him in a long time. Probably since the last time he played for the Rays. And I got some stories too. When I went out to Los Angeles and uh, when he was with the Dodgers, I was out there for that Jackie Robinson movie, the the, the movie Junket 42. Uh, we did it right at... Dodgers Stadium. We saw the forty, the San Francisco Giants and the Dodgers play the night before in front of fifty-five thousand people. We were up in a box. It just—I mean, I got stories. I got stories. So hang in if you like. I have some people that tell me they love the story time, even sometimes more than the interviews. We'll just either scroll past or hang in, okay? But I got two interviews. Carl Crawford. Now, Carl Crawford. I kind of jumped in, and I got my questions here, and I let it play from a couple of other reporters, a question or two. Uh, he was doing his little media thing after being inducted into the Tampa Bay Rays Hall of Fame. There was Don Zimmer, the late great Don Zimmer went in first. Wade Boggs was number two. And now the third, Carl Crawford. They never had a Tampa Bay Rays Hall of Fame. I mean, it's still a very, very young franchise when you really look at the history of baseball. Very young. But they decided, and I think all three are deserving, no doubt. Don Zimmer, oh my God, love talking with him. So down to earth. And Wade Boggs was great, great, man. And, uh, and now Carl Crawford. So B.J. Upton, who I always really liked, B.J. Upton was standing on the field before the ceremony. He's real thin, man. He's in great shape. And... I went over to him. How you doing, BJ? Da, da, da. You got a few minutes, man. It's mostly in the car. And so he was great. And I got some stories about him. I was I was at the Rose Bowl on the field when FSU and Winston went down and they won. They 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 uh, they beat Auburn in a comeback. It was the, the playoffs, the BCS they called it at the time. And BJ Upton was standing right on the field. He's a big FSU fan. But so I don't want to get ahead of myself. So I talked with him. But let me play you Carl Crawford first. So again, 
This starts out, there's a, a handful of us. We're up right, be, he's standing right behind a big uh, poster board of him as a Tampa Bay Devil Ray. And here we go. And just let it play out. And then uh, we'll go right to B.J. Upton. Uh, Carl Crawford, if you don't know and you weren't around here, it did not work out with the Boston Red Sox after he left here with the Rays. It really did not. He signed a big deal, man. A lot of money. I think it was something like $142 million, but it didn't work out. Didn't really work out with the the the, the Dodgers. And then his hamstrings just went. You know, father time. He was known as a great stolen base leader. But anyway, that was it. So he's done. And again, to me, he still looks young. 42, he doesn't even look like that. He thinks he can still play. His son is uh, now playing for the Phillies organization. Look, he looks like he's 18 years old. He was there. So what we'll do is we'll play you this, and then we'll go right into B.J. Upton. And I asked B.J. what Carl Crawford meant to him, and wait till you hear the answer. I had no idea back in the day. So without further ado, here he is, the newest member of the Tampa Bay Rays Hall of Fame, Carl Crawford, starting out on what it meant for him to be down there on that field. He hadn't been back since he played. Hadn't been back to Tropicana Field. He's living in Houston now. And what it meant, man, for him to be honored here. The team that he grew up with nine years as a Tampa Bay Devil Ray and Ray, Carl Crawford. How did it feel, Carl? It was good, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I saw a couple of the videos from the guys talking, kind of got a little choked up just a little bit, but it was cool, you know, like I, I appreciate the Rays organization for putting this together for me and flying my family in town, and um, it was great, you know, been a, been a cool weekend. You know, when you're playing, you're not thinking about things like this, but just yeah. when you first heard whatever it was this offseason, did it kind of uh, yeah, like, wow? Man. Yeah, I'm like, man, Hall of Fame, because I don't want to consider myself old or nothing like that, you know, but uh, at the end of the day it's a great uh it's a great gesture you know what i'm saying they recognize that you know uh, what you did for the organization and stuff like that so uh I'm like it's, God, i'm gonna make it as cool and fun as possible i know bj was here right. he was telling me that you took him under his wing right. uh you know james and all those guys at that time it was a, such a young team and it was the turnaround, man. It was an incredible time. Uh, you know, they were drafting athletes at the time and people who, you know, normally wouldn't get drafted by baseball players and just stuff, I mean, about baseball teams. And uh, we was all young at the same time. And it just kind of like we all meshed at the same time, had the same goals, had that same fire. We all wanted to prove ourselves, you know what I'm saying? And it just came together. You were a real good athlete. I know you played basketball, but especially football. And I know you love football. Is it surreal that you are a Hall of Famer here with the Rays in baseball? Uh, well, yeah, because I, like I said, I played football. I never played. I played baseball like half the time of the year in high school. Played a little. I played little league baseball, but uh, to be in the Hall of Fame for baseball is amazing. Like I said, I, I never thought I'd be playing baseball professionally, and I ended up. That's what I ended up doing. What did this organization mean to you? Just in the sense that you kind of grew up here, really. Uh, it just meant that uh, it just yeah, it was like home, like a second home. I was 17 years old when I got drafted and came here to Tampa for the first time. Felt like I grew up here, uh, learned a lot of stuff here. So it had a definitely had a special place in my heart because you know that's all I knew for a while. Trying to see that tall. What do you think of what the Rays have done 
Sitting there, what do you yeah, think? I think it's yeah. great. You know, they've turned this organization around. You know, when I was here for well, the first couple of years, uh, we was losing 100 games a year. And then, you know, Joe Madden comes in and the new team, uh, the new regime comes in and flips it around in a year. And, uh, you know, you guys been, been trucking ever since, you know. So uh, just a testament to everybody that came in and had the same goals and wanted to see this thing get turned around because we was losing for so long. And, uh, you know, and they actually did it. Carl, I know you you had so many highlights. I mean, the walk-off on opening day, the six stolen base game, but you have a, a personal highlight and then a team highlight? Um, well, a team highlight is when we clinched, you know, uh, did all that type of stuff uh, for the first time going to the World Series. When you saw me jumping on top of the top when, of the pile right the there. Yeah, Rocky stepped on second. yeah, yeah, and then um, that's like one of the most iconic, memorable moments. Of course, when I stole the six stolen bases, um, you know, it's you know I can't even remember everything, but uh, definitely had some key moments in here that that we enjoyed, and uh, when guys bring it up, I instantly go back to those moments. Yep. Remember, you said after that game, we told you you tied the record, and you said if you would have known yeah. six was the record, yeah, you would have. I, I still have to. Uh, I still have to live with that one to this day because I was standing on second base and had a chance to break the record. But <laughs> me not looking up at the scoreboard and realizing that, uh, you know, I had a chance to break it uh, kind of left it stuck right there. So, hey, I, I told my son, you know, he, he can go break it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rules change. Who all was here? Just roughly how many people and then those are your three kids on the stage with you? I have four kids actually here. One of them, she's real young okay. and with her mother. and um, she's, She probably wouldn't have been able to sit still on the stage. So we had to. She had to sit with her mother. Justin, Ari, Leo, and Celine. Yep. A-R-I-R-E? Mm-hmm. Okay, those and, are the three out there. Yep. And then how many people overall came with you? It looked like a bunch. Yeah, about like like 20 people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the Rays was, did a great job of bringing everybody in and uh, just having my family here with me. And uh, I, I appreciated that because they was all those were like the same people that came to like my first game here at the Trop, you know? So we was all here seeing how it changed and how different it was and all those type of things. What does it mean to have BJ here too? Obviously, it's close to Yeah, I got to say, BJ, me and BJ came through the, we came through the whole thing together. You know, me, him, and Shields, you know, we, uh, Casimir, guys like that, we, uh, we all came up through the rankings together. And, um, you know, it was great to see him here to support. You know, if he, if he gets inducted, I'll be back here to kind of do the same thing for him. So, you know, it was great to see him. I ain't seen him in a while, so it's cool. I know you, you went on and played in Boston and LA for a while. Do you, you kind of look at this as maybe the, the beginning or the best chapter or how do you kind of view your race? Uh, uh, just I, I had I had a great time here. I was there for nine years. You know, wish I could have stayed longer, but I had to go. You know, business is business. But the time I had here, everybody know we had a wonderful time. We changed the culture of how you celebrate at the end of the game. You know, teams wasn't doing that stuff. When all that, you know what I'm saying? So, kind of change. We we had an influence on changing things on how people uh, view the game for us, trying to make it more fun and stuff like that. And uh, I had a, I had a good time going through that process. You know, we had a lot of fun. And watching your son now, you know, you made it to the major leagues. It's so hard. Is there one piece of advice, the best advice, call you can give to your son? Obviously, he's got to work hard and all that stuff, but what do you think? Yeah, he's just got to work hard, you know. he The one thing I like about him, he understands he's his own man, you know. He doesn't try to live off the older daddy. That's my daddy, so, you know, I'm a, you know what I'm saying? He knows he has to work hard. He knows he has to put in the work. He knows he has to do everything, and he knows that if he comes to me, you know, I'm not going to tell him the easy route either, so. And he's been, he's grew up in the clubhouse. He knew all the guys. They they know him, you know. He, they they remember seeing him coming here as a two-year-old, 
throwing the first pitch out on the field when he was like five or something like that. So, you know, he's he's like, hey, I'm right where I'm supposed to be, you know? <laughs> yeah. Have you been back here since the last time you played here as a visitor? Hmm. It's been a while since I've been here. I really can't even remember. Yeah, I probably I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. See, I ain't seen Tori in a while. These guys in the clubhouse, you know, them was my them was my boys. All right, I am with the great B.J. Upton. It's kind of, it's a really neat day. Carl Crawford is going into the Rays Hall of Fame. You got to be proud of your man, huh? Absolutely. Um, you know, for me, always um, the best to ever wear this uniform. Um, obviously, uh, it's a little different for me. For, it's a different for me because he was the guy that took me under his wing when I got caught up as a young kid, and I think... Um, we dealt with a lot of the same things at that time, um, kind of just kids just trying to find their way. And he was a little bit ahead of me, so he had dealt with some things before me, man, and, and uh, you know, guided me down the right path. I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. You know, fans don't realize, number one, it's so hard to make it to the show. And then there's so much that goes on with it besides what you got to do between the lines, right? Yeah. I mean, it's... Um, it's a tough adjustment. It's still life, you know. Um, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, forget that we're, we're still human beings, still trying to find our way through life. Yeah, we play a game for a living, but at the same time, uh, you still got to grow up. And at that time, we were very young and, uh, you know, trying to figure it out like like any kid would. You know, we just didn't get to do it in college. We had to do it on a, on a professional level. So um, a lot of trials, tribulations, um, a lot of learning experiences with him, man, and um, he was there for a lot of it. Now, for you guys at that time, I mean, it was the devil rays. I remember saying with no salary cap, I'll never in my lifetime see a team in the AL. Forget it. And here you guys go, the turnaround, the ALCS, Boston, what you did. Oh, my God. And then to the World Series. That was an incredible time. for, And you were living it. Yeah. I mean, uh, we... <laughs> we joke we got to wear the, the the purple and green and uh i think when when you got to wear the purple and green i think that made that 2008 season a little bit sweeter um just uh just constant last place and for us to to all bear down and, and a lot of you got to tip your cap to joe madden for honestly just letting us be the kids we were i mean um i think the average age on that team was maybe been 25 so we were a very young team amongst uh, a division amongst men, um, you know, with, with the Red Sox and Yankees and even at that time the Blue Jays, who, um, who also spent a lot of money during that time. Um, we were just out, I mean, pretty much playing Little League. I, I say that the Little League World Series is on right now, but that's, that's basically what we were doing. It was awesome. What are you doing these days, BJ? You look fantastic. You look like you could still play. What are you, what are you doing these days, my man? Playing a lot of golf. A lot of golf, a lot of jet ski riding, and... Uh, just enjoying life. Awesome. Listen, always love covering you, man, and continued success, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you to my, two of my guys, Carl Crawford and B.J. Upton. Yeah, I mentioned to B.J. right before, you know, he changed his name to Melvin. That was his dad's name. Even before we started, I said, you're back. You are B.J., right? He's like, no, I'm B.J. and B.J. He's very soft-spoken. I think a lot of times he's misunderstood as if he has this laissez-faire attitude or really doesn't, 
you know, and get pumped up or into it. He's just, he talks slowly. He thinks before he speaks and what he, how he's going to uh, answer. Um, some thought that he didn't hustle. He just had this gait the way he ran that he was faster than it looked. And I always liked him. I just thought that he was, sometimes fans don't, they don't misunderstood. So I'll never forget, I, w- I was lucky enough to back-to-back years when I was working in TV at Bay News 9 to go to the Rose Bowl. Oh my God, if you ever get a chance, it's just gorgeous. The sunset, the sun is coming down. It's on a golf course and it's right next to a mountain where they have these beautiful homes built. And there's no humidity, dry as a bone, Pasadena, California, New Year's Day, late afternoon. I mean, it's 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 breathtaking. And it was awesome. And it was the year that Jameis Winston led the FSU Seminoles back to beat Auburn in a thrilling game. And the confet everything was coming down. And I and and here's the FSU. They win it. Winston was incredible and all the celebration and we're on the field. I'm there with my camera guy, Jason McDowell, J-Mac, and we're running around, running around and I see the confetti and everybody's going crazy, crazy, crazy. And I look and standing right there, he has an FSU like little jacket, windbreaker, BJ Upton. And I hadn't seen him since I got him as a blessing. BJ, what are you doing here, man? He had a big smile. He says, I'm a huge FSU fan. He signed out of Greenbrier, the Academy in Virginia, what was it called? Um, he signed a letter of intent with FSU. And to this day, he is a huge FSU fan. I asked him before we started, he goes, oh, yeah. And there he was. He was at the Rose Bowl on the field celebrating with the FSU football team when they beat Auburn that, that year. We, we went the next year, and FSU lost to Oregon. And Marcus Mariota, they were just the offense of Oregon. They were moving it so fast that the chain gang couldn't keep up. Seriously, that's how fast it was. Uh, but anyway, anyway, so BJ was great. I loved, I love seeing these guys I haven't seen in like, is it, it can't be, is it 20 years? Is it 15 years, 16? You know, it's really, really cool. And Carl Crawford, now Carl Crawford was an interesting case. Uh, let me tell you a little story about Tokyo when I was in an elevator with him in Tokyo. The Devil Rays were starting their season against the New York Yankees. And my boss, thank you very much, Elliot Weiser at Bay News 9, he was a big Yankee fan. He was a huge baseball fan. And this time, it really came in handy. And he said, would you like to go to Tokyo, Japan to cover the opening of the Major League Baseball? That year, they actually opened the Major League Baseball season in Tokyo. The Yankees, Hideki Matsui, the Yankees against the Tampa Bay Rays, Devil Rays. We get to go to Japan, to Tokyo? Yes. We stayed in the same hotel as the Yankees and the Rays. Now, that doesn't happen. When you go to a, well, one team would be home and they'd sleep in their own beds, but it just rarely happened. But anyway, it was in Tokyo, so it was Americanized. You got American breakfast. They did have sausage, eggs toast, uh, bacon, stuff like that. But if you ventured outside of the little area where the hotel was, then you get the noodles, the um, all the traditional like Japanese food. And we, we did that. It's just, it's just different. The cuisine is different. Language is so different. Communicating 
the money. I was, I don't, I, oof, oof. I was barely making it through, man. <laughs> when I and I did venture, I did venture outside, but anyway, I was in an elevator. It was one time I was sitting on a, on in the lobby, and Yogi Berra came sat right next to me, and he goes, "How you doing? How's it going? This is something, isn't it?" Like I'm like, "This is Yogi Berra." He was so so down to earth. So we were talking for a while. So it was time to go up to my room, and the rooms in the hotel were very small. The beds were small, bathtubs were small. Everything was small. I don't know how some of these big players were able to do it. But anyway, I get in the elevator. Willie Randolph from the Yankees was there. Another Yankee was there. A Hideki Matsui got, came in. And Carl Crawford and me. And we were going up. And somebody, whoever it was other than Matsui was busting Carl Crawford on something. Just busting him. Because he was a young player with the Rays. Just bust him a little bit. Carl Crawford got off, like, say, on level, you know, three to go to his room. And the doors closed. I was up on, like, maybe six or eight. I don't remember. And Will, the doors closed. And Willie Randolph says to the other Yankees, like, hey, man, lay off him. Stop busting his balls. He's a kid, man. He's a kid. And I thought about that the other day when he was a kid. And yet here I am now interview him, interviewing him at he's 42 years old. He's in the Hall of Fame, the Rays Hall of Fame. And his son was drafted by the Philadelphia Phillies last year, 18 years old. He looked in the face. He looks just like Carl, Carl his dad. And he was there at the trot. Very thin, very skinny. Like he doesn't have his man strength yet. That will come. You remember when, you, guys, you remember when you were 18 years old? You thought that you were strong. You weren't. You, you didn't have it. You know what I mean? You're a kid. You didn't develop. I don't even know what I weighed at one. Uh, what was I at 18? Eight? I was very skinny, man. Maybe 150, maybe. But anyway. So there was that. There was another day we were over at spring training in Port Charlotte. The Rays had moved from St. Pete, the Namoli Complex in Alang Stadium. They moved to this Port Charlotte facility. It used to be the Texas Rangers. The county down there gave them all this. They redid the the facility and da 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 And the Rays thought, you know what? If we have our spring training farther away, then with that anticipation of opening day, maybe more fans would buy tickets during the regular season. I don't know if it really it worked like that. But anyway, we were in Port Charlotte, and it was on one of the backfields. And I get there, and I'm, and I'm walking, and I'm walking down, and I see them all looking, including like a Joe Madden, the manager. And they're all, they're, they're, they're all scouring like in the infield area and where the batting cage was, and they're all looking. What are they doing? Carl Crawford lost his, his necklace and they were all helping him out. Necklace? Was it necklace or his earring? I th I'm pretty sure it was his necklace. I think. Or an earring. And here they were and they were all getting down and getting down on their knees, including Joe Madden. And they were looking to they were looking to help him to see if they could they could find his uh his necklace or his earrings. How about that? Isn't that kind of cool? So, I mean, uh, I just remember that was a real tight bunch. And then when I was talking to BJ Upton and BJ saying that how much he helped him 
when he was he was coming up. I thought that that was really really neat, and that he was there. And Edwin Jackson was supposed to be there, but he wasn't there because he he, he did something on tape. But some of the guys, Carl, I mean uh, Scott Kashmir, these guys were good guys. Really, really liked them. I saw Scott Kashmir at a brunch. My father-in-law took us all to a brunch at a beautiful hotel in downtown St. Pete. And in came Kashmir with a buddy. And he came over to me. And like, how you doing? How you doing, man? My father-in-law's treating us, man. And I'm thinking like, look at this. You young guys, you got this much money. You know, you go to some of these brunches at some of these restaurants in the morning. And oh my God. Anymore, I'm not a big uh, all-you-can-eat. Because I don't eat a lot, like heavy portions. The other night at the Buccaneers game, I overate. I had the, the meat was great. They had uh, some vegetables. They had rice. I had a big salad. It was delicious. Later at halftime, you know, I had a Cuban sandwich. Oh my god! And then I had like a cookie or two, cookie brownie. This is the yeah yeah yeah. I admit it. And I'm not used to eating that heavy anymore. Ever since I had my gallbladder operation. And then at halftime at the Bucks game, they have what's called Bananas Foster. It's heated, the bananas with the, the sauce, and it goes over ice cream. It's a, it's unbelievable. And I'm like, ah, to hell with it. Had that too. And then when I came back, uh, I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, my stomach. I'm again, I had that gallbladder taken out. I can't process all that. Blah, 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 blah. But anyway, I just remember seeing Casimir at a... Uh, at one of those big brunches, you know, and when they're in their twenties and stuff, you can eat, they can eat, you can eat, 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 and you're going to burn it all off. But, uh, yeah. So BJ, thank you very much. And how about what BJ said right there? He goes, we also want to thank Joe Madden who let us be us. See, they weren't used to that. I think Joe Madden does not get enough credit for, even though he, he was older, you know, he, he, he didn't get his shot as a major league manager until he was in his, it was his 50s, right? Later 50s? I mean, that was his first chance. Now you see these managers, they're young. But I mean, he 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 was ahead of the game. Like he, It's a long grind. And, and rules, sometimes these rules, like let them, you know? The, it used to always be that pl- baseball players would have to wear like a suit. You know, a dress dress shirt and dress pants to go on to fly to their next location. And remember now, for baseball, a team goes to a city, and it's a three game, four game series. They're going to be there three nights, four nights. You're gonna, you don't just go in like in football, basketball, hockey. You go in night day before. Boom, you stay, you play the game, boom, you're gone. It's a series. You're in a city for a while. And it's 162 games long, home and away. But, I mean, Joe Madden was like, he always had a line. It was great. He was like, no, there shouldn't be a dress code. You're flying. You, you finish the, the, the getaway game, okay? The bus will take you to the airport. They never have to go in to the terminal. You know, everything's charter. You go from the bus on the tar- tarmac. You're sitting with just teammates playing cards, dominoes, having some beers. You know, you fly. The bus picks you up, takes you right to the hotel. You give in your key, room, take your bags. You go right to your room. You're, and Joe Mann used to say, 
why do baseball players have to dress up? What are you trying to impress the shortstop that you're sitting next to? A flight attendant? Like, that was a great line. I always remember that. What are you trying to impress the shortstop? <laughs> really, think about it. It's all guys, men. Who are you trying to impress? And so that's why he started the casual thing. And then they started doing some themes just to try to be fun, you know, stuff like that. And I thought that that was kind of cool that BJ gave credit to Joe Madden back in the day for the turnaround and all those young guys. And I'll never forget it when they bought, beat the Boston Red Sox. Aki Iwamura was the second baseman. He stepped on second. And the Tropicana Field, Thunderdome, whatever it was called, maybe it was still Tropicana Field at that time, it just exploded. And I remember we were live on local TV on Bay News 9, and it was just going around. And I was just walking and talking and being live. I'm following Johnny Gomes. He was going around the outfield and high-fiving everybody and just guzzling, guzzling these beers and just getting doused. And then they all came out, and B.J. Upton leading the charge, and they went out on the first base dugout, and they had bottles of champagne, and they were spraying the fans and the fans, the lowly devil rays, the lowly devil rays and the high payroll AL East were going to the World Series. Are you kidding me? In this day and age of no salary cap, you can spend and what they spend, and these kids, they're going to the World Series? It was incredible, and I got to experience that in the locker room, getting doused with beer and champagne, and I loved every second of it, and it was live on, it was live on TV the whole time, you know, it wasn't just a little report, it was live the whole time, and it was just tremendous, just tremendous, and I remember the next day, I had a fly out out of Tampa to go to Los Angeles to go to Hollywood, Beverly Hills, and it was a big movie junket. I don't remember what movie junket it was, and I was like, I didn't get much sleep, and it was just great, you know, just covering that, like, wow, the Rays. Tom Foley was a third base coach, and he was, his goggles, they were all uh, fogged up, and he's like, rock, rock, we're going to the World Series, Rock. The World Series. I'm like, I know, Tom. I can't believe it. Just so cool and neat. And then I got up at like 5 in the morning, headed to Tampa International, you know, got on the plane, and I'm just like sitting there surreal like, wow, I'm going to cover a World Series with the Tampa Bay Rays, and now I'm flying to Hollywood, Los Angeles, and going to interview, and I, I don't remember, there's always been a lot of big stars, you know, and I'm like, wow, life is pretty good. Life was pretty good, but it's pretty good right now. Even though I came back from my, my trips, here's the problem. We bought a house in a nice neighborhood where there's a homeowners association, and these, this homeowners association is on you about your property, any little tiny thing. We got a letter because we had a little some grass blades growing in between the uh, cement and the driveway. You know what though? It's actually good because it'll keep the neighborhood looking good. But now I have when I went away, we don't have a sprinkler system, and you really you have to have one here in Florida. The grass gets so much sun and so dry, and to try to do it yourself every day. So I let it go because I was traveling. Emily's got a ton of things going on. 
with Daddy. So, I mean, I didn't keep up. I was traveling. You know, I went back-to-back trips to Canton and to Jersey for, you know. And then when I came home and I was tired and I didn't feel like being out there at night watering the lawn, hand-watering it, you know what I'm saying? And then I've gone through, I'm in my fourth company for like pest control for the lawn. You know, they have this thing called cinch bug, chinch bugs. And then there's a disease that starts because we've had a drought. We haven't had our summer rains every day at 530. We don't have them. It's the first year in history. I don't know what's going on. And so I didn't keep up. I mean, I was away and this and that. And I came back. I don't know if somebody sprayed the wrong thing at one side. I mean, it is hay. It got, it, I, I, I lost, I ruined my lawn. I didn't keep up with it. And we got a letter. We're going to start being fine. So I'm out here. I, I took off all the dead grass. I've gone through my fourth, this is my fourth company now. I don't know if somebody sprayed something wrong on this one side though. I'll tell you that. It went bad like in two days. So anyway, to make a long story short, with all that travel and all that fun. And then you come back and you have that. We also had a death in the family on Emily's side. She's leaving to go to that funeral. I'll be taking care of Addie for a couple of days here, there too. And, um, you know, life, it's called life. I'll, ne- I, I, I'll tell you what, man, the one thing, and I know there's a lot of people out there that just cannot stand Todd Balls. I like him as a man, but again, He's the head coach of the Bucks. It's a results-oriented business. If they don't win, he's going to be gone. We all know that. So I'm not here to be rah-rah for Todd. I just like him as a man. And he told the entire team, I think it was last year when he gave him the the pregame thing, and and, and I saw it on video. It was like, and I, I still think of it to this day. You're never going to have a perfect day. As much as you can have one thing go so great in your day, by the time you put your head on that pillow, the day's not going to be perfect. It's called life. You can't expect to have each day when you wake up, this is going to be perfect. It's not. It doesn't happen like that. So, I mean, I can have the most unbelievable time back in New Jersey with my buddy, Surreal, or however it goes, and then you get back and you get hit with a letter from the homeowners association. You're going to start getting fined. I'm out there sweating and raking and all the dead grass, and I'm standing there with a hose at night and in the morning. You know that's what I'm doing now. Something else here. So you know something wrong with your car. There's a death. There might be an illness, and it's just that's how it goes. You got to be able to just handle it and move on. You know. But I think health. I think health above all. Even financial, I think health is number one. If you get stricken with something, that the disease that is just going to take you down, man. I mean, what can you, you know what I mean? So I'm, we're very, very thankful. And again, I know there are those in this audience that are dealing with health issues. I know some people even cancer. And just, I say a prayer for you, man. And just hang, hang, just, just. Look for a better day. Or if it's if it's if your time's coming, man, I guess there's a reason. You know? You know? Look at it like that. So I think that's about what we'll do today. Not nothing heavy. I don't have to go too long on this. I gotta come up with a solution for a few things. No need to get into it here. I just gotta keep a positive outlook, man. Positive outlook. Yeah, you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to. You know, we were talking about this in the uh, press box uh, the other night. 
Do you agree with this? As you get older, are you less inclined to go out to games at stadiums on a consistent basis? As you get older, is it less? Do you watch less games as you get older? Now, the gentleman that I was talking to says he he really thinks it's as you get older, you do watch less or there's less games that you're going to go to. A lot of times, maybe maybe you had season tickets uh, back in the day and now that you're older, you're like, I I can't afford or it's just too much to deal and the parking and the driving and the getting home late and dealing with people and this and that or just... You know, I don't watch as many games, all every single game. You, know, you got stuff. Life is short, man. I'm in the fourth quarter now, you know? I want to do, if I got free time, I want to do what I want to do. And I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you're the same way, you know? Uh, but it, it's an interesting topic. If I had a radio show, we'd open up the phone lines right now. Here are your numbers. Jump aboard. Don't be a jag off. Let's go. There you go. I enjoy. I still enjoy going in uh, um, once a month on 95.3, a.m. WDAE, Pat and Aaron show. I do that once a month. I enjoy that. Or they were out at camp or something. I'll jump on with them. I'm also going to be on 970 WFLA radio in Tampa every Friday morning next week with the football season, the Ryan Gorman show. That's a real quick one, though. That one's only about five to seven minutes. It's real quick. Uh, They move it. They move it. But when I go on D, it's at least an hour, you know, with the guys and joking around. I still love it, man. I still really do love it. So we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. But I love doing this. And thank you. And if you're not subscribed yet, hit the subscribe button, leave a comment, and I appreciate you. You would not believe how much I appreciate you. My thank you, Carl Crawford, congratulations. He goes back to Houston. Uh, He grew up there, and that's where he's comfortable. I think he also has a home in Arizona. BJ Upton's playing a lot of golf, just like Joe Madden. I got to check in with Joe, see how he's doing. It was a year ago, last week, that I went to Pennsylvania, the Hazleton area. My brother Billy and his wife celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. I was not able to make it out to that one because I just had these two back-to-back trips that were already planned a long time ago. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, to all, thank you guys. And I'll talk to you next week, right here, same time, on The Rock Stops Here.